0: with Allison and Eric too. Bow, bow, bow. Okay. <laughs> I'm Allison and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered and up and awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the tantalizing, the teasing Mr. Eric Robertson. Hey, hello. And guess what? Yeah. We're not in Pleasant Pictures' studio. Yeah,
1: my computer's not working, so we drove down to her office, and she has a recorder, so we are in her office. It's a great place. Wonderful to be here, thank you.
0: Allison's party palace! <laughs> a
1: lot of energy over here.
0: <laughs> I think it's because we're in the party palace, and when we're in your studio, there's no sunlight, there's no windows. There's no fun. There's no fun. We're in my office. It's pink. There's sequin curtains. The sun is shining. There's hope for a better tomorrow. You'll
1: probably still cry, though.
0: Uh, There's there's 100% (laughs) forecast of tears on behalf of Allison because we are talking about something that I'm so excited about. This is episode 79, Discovering Your Personal Legend, Inspiration from The Alchemist. I have talked about The Alchemist before. So if you're like, oh, I've already heard about it. Stop. No, this is different. And if you've read The Alchemist by Pueblo Coelho, I was practicing my Brazilian, my Portuguese pronunciation, I know I'm not nailing it, with Nichelle before. If you have read it, awesome. I think you're going to get some beautiful things from it. If you have not read the book, awesome. I'm not going to ruin anything for you. I've just been super, super inspired by it. This is probably my third time reading it, and I'm reading it this time, like physically holding it. I, you know, we very often listen to things on audiobook. I have just been getting so much inspiration, and I've been sharing that inspiration with basically anyone I'm talking to, basically anyone I'm having a conversation with. I called my friend Jade. (laughs) and and was giving her lessons from it the other day and she was like oh I read it but I forgot that part and so I really just felt like there was a lot of value for you so this idea of discovering your personal legend is this idea of discovering your purpose so I want you to sit back let's all because I'm a little excited let's all take a deep breath in and out I'm so glad you're here thank you for listening to the podcast we're so grateful to do this podcast, and it we had our best month ever last month.
1: Yeah, it keeps growing.
0: It keeps growing, and you know why it keeps growing? Because you guys are sharing it. That's why it's growing.
1: Yeah, how else would it grow?
0: It, exactly. And so I just want you guys to really understand what an integral part of the podcast you are. Whenever Eric or I start to lose our luster or excitement for the podcast Diving back in and reading the reviews that you leave and seeing that you're sharing it and hearing how it's affecting your life really, really, I don't know, for me, it helps me keep going. I feel like you get buffered from that a lot.
1: Why lose Lester a lot easier?
0: Well, yeah, but you're not not as connected to the audience because it's going through on the Allison show a lot of times. Yeah. And so I forget sometimes to include him in on that and it's always really exciting for you when...
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I love reading the reviews.
0: And I think one of the reasons why I love this podcast so much is I really, really believe it's exactly in line with my purpose. And like I said, this story has been really, really speaking to me, and I wanted to share some takeaways with you. Now, something that I am working on um, in my book that I'm writing, and also working on for future content, future workshops, future courses through The Allison Show, is this idea of helping you find your purpose. Something that I say in Allison's Brand School and in The Allison Show that really has resonated with a lot of people is if you feel called to do it freaking do it. I know the reason this resonates with people is because we feel called. That's what it feels like. It doesn't even sometimes feel like I want to do it or I think I should do it. You're like, no, I can't. I don't describe it that way. It goes deeper than that. I feel called to do it. There's this like spark, there's this attachment. I heard this recently that longing is the language of the soul. And that's how we know that the soul exists, is that we long. We long for something more. Oh, that just, that spoke to me so deep. And I was like, that longing, that feeling called, I believe that stems from something deeper. Mm -hmm. So whether or not you believe it stems from something deeper, I believe you're going to get a lot of inspiration from examining the ideas found in The Alchemist when it comes to discovering what Paulo Coelho refers to as your personal legend. And the first thing that I wanted to share with you was in the forward to the book, they share Paulo Coelho's story. And this was the first time I had read it. So The Alchemist is a huge success. So whether you've read it or not, you've maybe heard of it, or you're gonna see the cover and you're gonna be like, Oh, that book. And so it hit the New York Times bestsellers list and was there for more than 300 weeks. It has been translated into more than 80 languages and it is the most translated book by any living author, or it was several years ago. And it is widely considered one of the 10 best books of the 20th century. So I don't just love this book. A lot of people love this book and I've shared this idea before. When it comes to truth, we don't learn truth, we remember truth. I love that thought so much. I think that's why this book speaks to so many people. Because it gives word, it gives voice to a truth that so many of us feel deep inside. I can do this really well. I'm always comparing myself to like really important people. But much like... Paulo Coelho and the way that The Alchemist spread, that this is how the podcast has grown. Mm-hmm. Where it started with this trickle and a few people and then people kind of sharing like, it helped me, it helped me, and it, and it has spoken to a lot of people just like The Alchemist did. But it didn't start that way. So this is, this is what spoke to me so much is when it was first published 25 years ago in Brazil, no one noticed. One bookseller had it up and one person bought it in its first week. Like I'm thinking about my book that I'm writing right now. You think about a song you write. You think about an Instagram post. Yeah. Right? Which is not your life's work. One Instagram post by the way, friends. Yeah. And you put it up there and one only one person engages. And this book, like he says like this book was my personal legend, you know? Mm. One person and then 6 months later another copy sells. To the same person, right? <laughs> so then his book publisher lets him go. They say, we're going to let you go. And they let him keep the book. And guess how old is he is? He's 41. He says, I'm 41 and desperate, but I'm already crying, but I never lost faith in the book or ever wavered in my vision. Why? Because it was me in there, all of me, my heart and my soul. I was living my own metaphor, A man sets out on a journey, dreaming of a beautiful, magical place in pursuit of some unknown treasure. At the end of his journey, the man realizes the treasure was within him the entire time. This was his treasure that he wanted to share with the world. I'm going to share some of the takeaways and some of the main themes, and I'm not even going to give you the whole book. All of the takeaways are in the first several pages of the book and then the themes are repeated and you learn them deeper and deeper throughout the book. So what happens is he gets the book back from the publisher who lets him go and then he takes it around and other people are slowly uh, starting to give it a chance and it says slowly through word of chance it finally started to sell. 3,000 then 6,000, 10,000 book by book and I love how he says that book by book because so often when we are in search of our personal legend or we're trying to grow something, we forget that it happens Book by book, brick by brick, step by step, just one single thing at a time. Mm -hmm. Eight months later, an American visiting Brazil picked up a copy of The Alchemist and he wanted to translate the book. And so here's what I also love. HarperCollins, a huge publisher, then took the book and did a giant campaign with it in the New York Times. And it still didn't become an automatic success.
1: I've known about the book for years, Uh but the name didn't interest me. It It sounded kind of it sounded complicated or it sounded like, yeah. like, like some, you know, something with chemistry. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> so when I read it, I read it and I'm like, well, this doesn't, and as as I was reading it, I'm like, this still, like, didn't resonate. This shouldn't be the title. But when at the end, when it, you know, comes mm-hmm. full circle, then it makes total sense. But I think the title um, is perfect for it, but it is, like, hard to grasp what what's inside by the title.
0: And I'm already crying because you know what is so beautiful even your journey or your path to the book is a lot like your personal legend. It's not this clear how to find your role in life, like like a big how-to yeah. title that just blares it at you. You almost have to find your way to the book, and yeah. I think that's why it means so much to so many people. It wasn't yeah. just handed to them. And then what happens once it comes to America is that, over time and by word of mouth, just as it did in Brazil, it starts to grow. And he said, and then one day Bill Clinton was photographed leaving the White House with a copy. Madonna raved about the book on Vanity Fair. Will Smith talked to college students about it. And I also want to point this out because this is something that I've noticed in this idea of making it or achieving it or feeling like you've accomplished it. I've never felt that way. And not in like this depressing, you're never going to feel that way. But like you would think, oh, Bill Clinton, the president of the United States is holding the book. I made it. But it's never one single thing. And we hold on so deeply to this idea of this one single thing needs to happen for me to fulfill my personal legend or my purpose or my destiny. And it's always that book by book. Mm-hmm. It's always that even celebrity by celebrity or big break by big break. Mm-hmm. They can feel big in the moment, but, but very much that idea of like, the movies, you know, they, they start and then they get that big break and then everything works out. That's genuinely never how it happens.
1: Well, it also goes with the the meaning, the message of the book where it's not external circumstances that means you ever made it.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. It's it's so, so good. And so I just wanted to share even the way that The Alchemist, which again is one of the top 10 books ever written, some would say, found its success and found its place in the world was slowly and book by book, and it was not a success at first. That has been huge to me. So, one of the main themes that I've talked about very often and I share in my Awesome On Demand program is this: is when you want something, the whole universe conspires to help you. Okay, now I wanna get into the takeaways about finding your personal legend, about finding your purpose, or following you know, this journey, or I, this is the question everyone asks me is, how do I know what I'm supposed to do? How do I know what I want? How do I get started? All of those questions that you have, I think can really be answered with this book. I really feel comfortable sharing this as inspiration because I think it's all rooted in universal truth. Regardless of your religion, regardless of your gospel, I think you're gonna see pieces of your um, belief system in here regardless of what it is. So the first thing I wanna do is I wanna share, like, what is your personal legend? What do they mean by that in The Alchemist? And there's a young shepherd boy, Tiago he has this flock and he didn't you know, he didn't want to go to semin- the seminary school, he wanted to become a shepherd. And so he leaves his education and he becomes the shepherd and he travels all around with his flock. And then he starts having this dream of a a treasure. And he he goes and he meets like a card reader, and then he meets this mysterious king. And he meets this king, and this king that he meets, like sitting on a bench in a town, is where he he gains all of this kind of insight. The king tells him about 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 finding his personal legend and his treasure. The advice that the king gives him then serves him throughout the rest of the book and he starts to understand it on a deeper level. So like I said, I'm not ruining the book for you. It's literally all right in there. But this is what the king says. He said, the boy didn't know what a person's personal legend was. And this is what the king said to him. It's what you have always wanted to accomplish. Everyone, when they are young, knows what their personal legend is. And then he reiterates it once more. People learn early in their lives what their reason for being, said the old man with a certain bitterness. Maybe that's why they give up on it so early, but that's the way it is. So there it is, right? This idea of you know what it is. Do you feel like that's true for you?
1: I mean, I know, I feel like I know, I don't know specifically, but I know generally.
0: Yes. Yeah. This idea and... That's what I'm talking about when I say if you feel called to do it. I don't have to say what the it is. Everyone has this almost intangible, indescribable it. And I think this pairs really nicely with what we talked about last week when we talked about widening the limits or the boundaries or the definition of your quote-unquote happiness or treasure. Yeah, I, I want to tell you, I've always felt There's this something, this intangible something, even when I was younger. Mm -hmm. There's this part of me. And a lot of my life has been in response to thinking that that was wrong or bad or selfish. And I should bottle that up. Yeah. It's too much.
1: I think where I get caught up is when it says young, I was thinking like a little kid. And I don't think I knew when I was a little kid. I think I, I knew when I was a teenager.
0: Which is young, yeah, still the young. of life. Yeah. yeah.
1: So yes, I, I could say more specifically, yeah, I know what I feel called to do.
0: What I really like about you bringing that up is we can get really caught up on semantics. We can get caught up on language. You're like, I didn't know when I was a little kid. Yeah. I was a teenager. Well, yeah. that's still relatively..
1: Yeah. Yeah. 20s are young.
0: Yeah, your 20s, yeah, your 20s are young. and really, really depends on your life experience. Sure, right? There are those of us who are internal sufferers. That would be me. Like I was hyper aware even at a young age if I was annoying an adult and would just stew on that. Whereas there we have, you know, these examples of children in our family where one kid is blissfully ignorant of the feelings and all of the nuances of a room and the other is hyper aware, right? And I think because I've been dis- dissecting things in my mind for so long that I thought about that maybe sooner mm-hmm. than like you know, rambunctious little Eric as a child. Yeah. I've been agonizing longer. Yeah. So that's the first takeaway. Go back to this idea. Go back to this concept of you've always known what it is or maybe have an idea. Mm -hmm. And he says, maybe that's why we give up on it so early is we think it's a stupid dream and it's something that just has to do with children. Yeah, I've been learning recently a lot about the imagination and the importance of the imagination. And children, You know, they have so much in imagination, but when you think of anything, like I'm, I'm looking at this recording device we're using, I'm looking at this computer, I'm looking at my iPhone, all of these started with imagination. Mm-hmm. They were all born of imagination. And so it makes a ton of sense that we would be able to connect to this personal legend, to this purpose when we're young, when and our imagination is more limitless mm-hmm. yeah. when it is beyond construct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's a beautiful thought. Okay, the second takeaway is that the king then asks the shepherd boy for one-tenth of his flock in order for him to continue telling him uh, this information. And I think this is beautiful because that's, that's very much like a tithing principle, one-tenth.
1: So that's what tithe means.
0: Tithe, Yeah, tenth is—and is, so it's this idea of sacrifice. It is this idea of, um, in order to discover and in order to continue on this journey, there's going to be sacrifice involved. Totally. This idea that I don't have enough money, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough resources to, to understand or learn what I need to learn.
1: Or step into the dark, or trying to find in- it.
0: Yes, that, that is literally one of the most limiting thoughts we can give ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when I'm coaching with people and I'm saying, you know, what do you want immediately, every almost every person answers with why they can't have what they want or what the limitations are. Mm-hmm. And it's such an interesting thing to realize that we are all doing that Mm -hmm. um, on a a level. So the first idea is that your personal legend is something that you um, can connect to from early on in your life, whether that's as a child or a teenager, maybe in your early 20s. It's something that you carry with you, your purpose. And then the second takeaway is that in order to learn about it, there's going to be sacrifice. There's going to be stepping into the dark. And so the Santiago, he decides to the protagonist the protagonist the shepherd boy decides that he's going to do it the king is able to like tell him some information that astounds him and he goes okay i think he's the real deal and now this is the part that i've have really has been blowing my mind to rethink about is that when you want something, then the universe starts to conspire to help you. I believe this is true, and we share this all the time, in the form of things aren't happening to you, they're happening for you. The, uh, there's the great book, uh, The Obstacle is the Way. This 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 principle is reoccurring.
1: Beg- beginner's luck.
0: The, well, that's what I'm getting yeah. to next, is the beginner's luck is the concept that has been blowing my mind. This is what um, the boy says when he comes back the next day to talk to the king. He says, the next day, the boy met the old man at noon. He bought. He brought six sheep with him, so he brought the tithing. He brought six sheep. I'm surprised, the boy said. My friend bought all the other sheep immediately. He said that he had always dreamed of being a shepherd and that it was a good omen. That's the way it always is, said the old man. It's called the principle of favorability. When you play cards the first time, you're almost sure to win beginner's luck. Why is that, said the boy? Because there is a force that wants you to realize your personal legend. It whets your appetite with a taste of success. This is where I get stopped. I start to, th- I, I, I get really intuitive and I follow the omens and I follow the signs and I push forward and I get that taste of beginner's luck and things work. You know, uh, we started the podcast at a good time and it built momentum. And I'm like, that, that means it's what I'm supposed to be doing. It's totally working. And then we did some other growth strategies and they didn't work. Right, Or I have a program or a course or I'm working on something and it works and it falls into place and then I try to push it to the next level and it stops working. And immediately I start to think, well, I must be doing it wrong now or maybe this isn't the correct thing. But I love this idea of the beginner's luck. Mm -hmm. When you think, no, it did, it was working or maybe not even that it's working, like circumstances aligned so the opportunity aligned just perfectly And then that's when things get really hard. That's when things get really, really difficult. And what happens is the boy sells his sheep. He gets the money.
1: You you need to go back. So he he talked to the king. He wanted to go search for the treasure. He had these dreams. That's why he went and the sheep were sold because... Yes. He was going to go on his journey. So
0: he was going to go on his journey, and in order to go on his journey, he needed to sell his sheep, which I love that because the idea is in order to go on the journey to find the next thing, he had to leave his old identity behind. Mm -hmm. His old identity of a shepherd, he had to let that go, and now he's taking on the identity of a traveler. Mm -hmm. And so he then he just travels two hours north, he leaves the old king, he's got his money, and he speaks Spanish, and he travels into a country where they speak Arabic, and immediately Immediately, he meets somebody who speaks Spanish and he thinks, a good omen, this is wonderful, somebody who can help me. And what happens is he ends up getting robbed. He loses everything. This is the part that really spoke to me. You know, he's doubting himself. Why did I ever want more? Why did I, you know, ever, why was I so greedy? Why was I out there trying to get more? And then he resolves to go back to his sheep. And that's what, that's what most of us do. Mm -hmm. Time and time again, as we start down that purpose, we start, you know, that journey towards our personal legend, we start working towards, I don't even want to use the word goal because I think it's so much deeper than that, but maybe that's how you're defining it right now. You start working towards that and then you get robbed or you lose everything or you lose all your money or it doesn't work or somebody that you trust and love completely disarms you by telling you what a horrible idea it is and how you'll never succeed. Whatever it is, we're left there feeling penniless, feeling directionless, feeling without hope. We just want to go back to our sheep. Mm-hmm. Santiago decides to go back to his sheep. In order to do that, he does need to make money. And so he, he starts down this different path that takes him over a year And he earns the money, and of course, he doesn't go back to his sheep. But the next, and you're going to have to read the book to find out what happens. But the next concept that I wanted to talk about is what do you do after that beginner's luck runs out? What do you do? And what the king tells the boy to do is to follow the omens, is to follow the omens. And he says, in order to find the treasure, you will have to follow the omens. God has prepared a path for everyone to follow. You just have to read the omens that he left for you. It says, before the boy could reply, a butterfly appeared and fluttered between him and the old man, and he remembered something grandfather had once told him, that butterflies were a good omen. Right in that moment that truth is being presented to him, there's this good omen of the butterfly. Now, I can get very into like reading signs and looking for signs and looking for all this confirmation that everything is going the right way, and I think that a lot of us who are recovering perfectionists and control freaks, people pleasers, (laughs) want to think we can control Everything And uh, so, yeah, I'll just fall, right? And what I've noticed is I continue to move forward with confidence and with ease in my action and start to pay attention to when things go well. So I want to share my personal experience with that is, I mean, I was just telling Eric like how many people I accidentally cried in front of yesterday. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Just, you know, on my personal Legend <laughs> is I'm feeling a little beat down at the moment. I cried on accident in front of my physical therapist and all of the physical therapist trainers. And I was calling to wish my dad a happy birthday. And I started hysterically crying and I really didn't mean to. You know, that's where we're at. This is this started a few weeks ago. I haven't been like a big dramatic anxious mess about it. It's just been a little rough, you know. You're nodding, but I want credit for how good I'm being. No,
1: you're being great. Thank
0: you. <laughs> You're nodding, but tell everyone how good I'm being.
1: <laughs> Amazingly well. I'm Thank proud you. of you.
0: So anyway, I had thought about rereading the book, The Alchemist. I had just been thinking about some of the messages in it. And we got to my parents' house, and they have books out on the nightstands, and they had The Alchemist out on a nightstand. Oh,
1: cool. Yeah, I And I was that. like
0: crazy that they have it out on a nightstand. I didn't end up reading it. And I had the audiobook, So I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll download the audiobook. So I downloaded it and I was going to start listening to it. And then I listened to something else. And I got home and I was going to New York like a week and a half later. I just got back from New York and I saw a copy of The Alchemist in my office. When I had stopped by to grab tickets for something that I needed tickets for. And it was, I was packing like my backpack for New York and my copy of The Alchemist. My personal copy was just sitting out. And I was like, cool. Okay. I've been wanting to read this. And I put it in my backpack and then I took it to New York with me and I started reading it. And i I mean, I've just been reading it every night with just like tears streaming down my eyes because the messages in it are exactly what I need to hear right now. And that's why I was so inspired to share that with you. And I was like, the omens aren't necessarily always like, oh, do this next thing in your career next or do this next thing in your family or do this next thing in your relationship. For me, I feel like the direction has been given to me in the form of this book as an inspiration and as like, keep going, you know? Yeah. Here's the thing about following the omens, and we talk about this all the time. Um, but this is why gratitude is so important, especially when you're in a really, really hard place where you're feeling really beat down and like nothing is going right. Without gratitude, you'll miss the omens.
1: You can't see them. You
0: can't see them. Over the last couple weeks when I've really been struggling with a few things, I've been making lists on my phone of everything that's going right. I just want to tell you, I get how hard that can be. It's so easy for us to say, hold on, keep going, be grateful, you can do it. I want you to know it's not easy for me to say. It is not easy for me to do, but I do it. I really believe that you can do it too. I have been practicing what I preach and writing down what's going well. You know, if you need to make a list of 10 horrible things that happened to get it out of your head so that you can write down one thing that's going well, then do that but if I hadn't been making the list and if I hadn't been keeping track, I I think I'd miss the omens. Mm -hmm. I said to Eric, I was like, is this stupid to just like talk about this book that's inspiring me right now? And he's like, no, I'd love to hear <laughs> about that. And the thing is, what I like to do with this podcast is I, I genuinely like to share what's really like are my lifelines and what's really helping me. And also this is what I would share with a, like any good friend who called me right now. Yeah. So I just want you to know that you're my good friend and you've called in and here's what I have to share with you right now. Here's what's really helping me. Follow those omens and the gratitude. That's what's going to help you see the omens. On that note, the old king says this to him. Don't forget that everything you deal with is only one thing and nothing else. And don't forget the language of omens. And above all, don't forget to follow your personal legend through to its conclusion. So there's three things right there. Don't forget everything you deal with is only one thing and nothing else.
1: What does that mean to you?
0: So we talked about this again last week where I, you know, I didn't hit a certain goal and I was letting it mean so many things about me. Right now, certain things aren't lining up the way that I would like them to. And I want that to mean, I'd like to make it mean that I am not capable of doing what I feel called to do. <laughs> yeah, And that's what I keep telling everyone. I told my dad, I'm like, I, I can't do it, so... I'm done, I'm gonna sit here on the curb and you guys can all do whatever you want. Like I keep saying that to people and you know what for me, I think that's actually a good thing. Oh yeah because I will very often work from this place of frantic action and energy. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not. For the sake of just continuous movement, yeah, I'll just frantically act.
1: It, when these situations arrive for me, I I, um, I think it's totally healthy for me to entertain. And play out worst case scenarios. I mean, that's not good for you. But to let it be out there and not not be bottling that up. No, that's
0: I've been doing. I've been doing that a little bit. Yeah, it's like just be
1: open. It's like I'm gonna be. I'm gonna try and be unemotional. Here's the worst case. Here's the best. You know what I'm saying? Like get it all out there. Yeah. And then it doesn't. It's not holding you prisoner in your mind anymore.
0: One hundred percent. And like I said yesterday to Eric, I was like, I'm just really sad, (laughs) you know. And Eric was like, Yeah, be really sad. That's. It doesn't mean I'm not also grateful. It doesn't mean that I also can't see that that there are a lot of things that are working out, or that I don't love my children. Right? Sometimes it's just okay to be sad.
1: Well, it's actually more than okay. Yeah. We, we, we went to a, a meditation retreat a weekend or two ago, and the instructor said, like, you feel all the joy. You, we are complete souls. He's all and also feel all the sadness. It's like okay, yeah. feel the sorrow, feel the joy, like we are complete souls. We ha- we have polarity. There's the dark and the light. Feel it all. And that doesn't mean that the darkness has to guide your actions.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: or your decisions, but it's okay to feel that and it's healthy to feel both.
0: I I think that's beautiful and I love that. And I think it ties really nicely into I think this would be point 6 or 7, but it's the last point, the last <laughs> takeaway for you is, the closer one gets to realizing his personal legend, the more that personal legend becomes his true reason for being, thought the boy. The the more that I am in alignment, the more that I try to live from this place of purpose and intention in everything I do, and this does not have to do with just my work. This has to do with being a parent. This has to do with the way I interact in the grocery store line. I mean, this has to do with everything to me. The more I feel like everything is connected. I've said to Eric in the last several months, like this has been my goal. My intention every single day is to act from a place of intention and purpose. To be aligned with that and to not have this frantic action and to let go of disbelief and to let go of doubt and just work on alignment. And if things don't work out the way that I was thinking, to not let them mean more than it means is just that, oh, this this didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to.
1: Well, uh, alignment... Probably should be painful if it's true alignment.
0: Right? Like, it's like uh, pushing those, like,
1: Yeah, it's like a metal bar. Together. It's like a metal bar. Together. Yeah.
0: Everything kind of becoming as one. And I've noticed myself legit caring about the environment more. Legit caring about animals more. And when I was in New York, this was, like, my favorite exercise is when people were walking by who looked or seemed super different than me, which is an awesome place to do that, is New York City, is to try to think of all the things we have in common, to try to think of all the ways that we're connected, of all the um, things that unite us in the human experience. So I wanted to leave you with this Final idea, discovering your personal legend. I believe it takes a lot of alignment. There's all these amazing takeaways, right? So here they are one more time. Your personal legend is something that you've, you've known, something you can connect to. I believe it's like the longing of your soul. So think of that longing. In order to learn about it, there's gonna be sacrifice. There's gonna be that tithe involved. But the whole universe is gonna to conspire to help you. There's gonna be that beginner's luck that beginner's luck is gonna run out and then you're gonna feel like crap and then you start looking for the omens. And I, one of the, the best ways for me to find the omens is through gratitude. To not ignore the things that are hard but to then just focus on what's going right. After that, remembering that everything you deal with is only one thing. It doesn't tell your whole story. I think the, be- the best way is to go back to Jimmy Eat World. Little girl, you're in the middle. It just takes some time. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just in the middle. It's just that one part in the middle. And then, in order to do all of that, that alignment, this idea of intuition, I really, really like this idea of intuition. And it says The boy was beginning to understand that intuition is really a sudden immersion of the soul into the universal current of life. So, think about that. Your soul, your being, it's being immersed in this universal current of life where the histories of all people are connected. And And we are able to know everything because it's all written. You are already as awesome as you need to be. You already have everything you need. Everything you need to know is on its way or it's already inside you. You're just going, I've already read The Alchemist, right? I'd already read this book, but I'm now understanding it in a deeper way. And I love, again, the idea of you cannot step in the same river twice. So if you think you've already learned the lesson, boo on you, you're not the same river. You're not the same river ever physically. Your body is changing, your molecules are changing, your insides are shifting out, like your whole body is moving. Um, you're not the same river. And so this humility of what are the lessons I maybe missed, how can I perceive them on a deeper level? I believe that... The most important thing we can do is to align with... Our soul. Our soul, which to me is our highest power. And the reason why I believe that is the most important thing is we can do is because when you're in that place, you serve the most people. So this idea of the personal legend, it seems so personal. It seems your intuition. It seems like it's all about you. And then in that final, that final thought where it says... You're pouring it into the universal current of life where all histories are connected. That's what's going to help us connect to one another. I love that. And I just think that's really beautiful. So these are my takeaways from The Alchemist. You're doing a really good job. I hope that you just take one of those, even if you don't read the book. Obviously, I recommend reading the book. You guys, it's like under 200 pages. Yeah, it's It's, it's not barely much. over 100 pages. It's absolutely beautiful. And if any of this resonated with you, I highly recommend reading it and just holding on to the parts that speak to you. And if something in you says, no, I don't believe that that's stupid, but something in you also wants to believe it, I want you to suspend your disbelief just for a minute and go back to my favorite question, how would believing this serve me? What if I believed this? What could be possible if I thought this was true? That is where I find the most peace and and the most excitement so yay for the Alchemist! Yay for Paulo Coelho! <laughs> yay for Eric! And yay for you! Again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for trying to feel a little more awesome than you did before. I hope this helped in some ways. It's been so fun to share with you from the Party Palace. And Eric, do you have a review for I us? I do.
1: This is from LDS. They say I love awesome with Allison. Her and Eric make a perfect duo as they share deep nuggets of wisdom and hilarious stories including those starring their kids, which I do indeed care about. (laughs) I can't really get through any episode without a little nice laughing session, but episode 78 was the first one to make me cry. I've been having lots of toxic beliefs about my body for the longest time, Mm. thinking that I would probably stop hating myself once I ate all veggies night and day. Mm. Nothing wrong with you choosing to never have flour or sugar. Not only was it hard, I realized it just wasn't for me, and I learned it's okay to let go of such exact limits we put on ourselves in order to reach our maximum happiness. Keep doing what you're doing. I love to listen.
0: Oh, thank you so much for that. And you know what I love so much about that review is how she gave a specific example of how letting go of those limits, like we didn't give that example in the podcast and she was able to take that and internalize it. So good for you, girl. Like, Thank you so much. Please send an email to awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com so that we can send you goodies from my Party with Allison shop. And I just would like to say that this episode has been brought to you by Allison's Brand School, which is all about helping you create a life you love and do what you feel called to do. And right now we have two of my, well, my only and best offerings from the brand school available. We have our ultimate guide to influencer marketing audio course, which teaches you the power of collaboration and how to work with brands or how to work with people in order to share, grow, and uncover your message. And we also have Allison's build an awesome brand workshop, which is an in-person all day, immersive, psychological explosive experience. (laughs) here in Utah on June 21st and our tickets are, I think, three quarters sold out. And so if you've been feeling the call towards that, I want you to know the format is changing, how I'm going to do things is changing. Uh, This would be a very good time to not miss out on that. So head to alisonsbrandschool.com. This is what I want to do, guys. This is what I'm doing, helping us all figure out our personal legend. The Brand school is a big part of that, and I'm so, so grateful to be able to do that. I want to remind you that only you can be you, and you're already as awesome as you need to be. Uh, Eric, what do you want to take us out on?
1: Well, uh, part of my personal legend is to make the world a more beautiful place. I love it. And by doing that, I am just writing a ton of music, me and my partner Stu. So we have a new collection we're working on called Lounge Life.
0: Oh my gosh, it's my favorite. <laughs> that is my life. I'm a lo- like I am a lounge singer like deep inside.
1: Yeah, it's like swaggy, mm. suave, mm-hmm. swanky.
0: Just a velvet couch and a martini on a piano. That's one of my many lives I'd like to Yeah, live.
1: yeah. This is one of the early tracks. This one is called Ducks from Pleasant Pictures Music Club. Quack. E